two things strike you when you look around this exhibition. The first is the stunning quality of the photography from all over the world, from the sands of the forest to the sands of the Australian outback. The second comes when you read the panels alongside each frame. At least some of them detail the quite frightening changes that have taken place to our world. Did you know, for instance, that nearly half of the planet's topsoil had been lost in the last 150 years? Or that Kenya had lost something like 70% of its wildlife in the last 30 years alone? The exhibition was curated by Emily Raymakers, who told me in an online interview just how much of a challenge it had been to put together, given the nature of the topic. It's a big topic to cover, really, in one exhibition, because how do you convey in 38 photographs the level of impact that human beings have had, are having, on the many levels and layers of nature and life on this planet, really? And it's nice to be able to try and convey a breadth of geographical images and different topics as well, and different kinds of stories from different kinds of people. It's nice as well to be able to look at the various organisations and individuals across the planet that are doing what they can to be able to do something about this. Speaking to people viewing the pictures and reading the text this past week, they were clearly moved by what they were seeing. And Emily says she didn't hold back when describing the challenges we face now and in the very near future. Yes, there are some hard lessons, I think, in the exhibition about just the impact that we're having on ecosystems across the globe and how much has changed in recent years as well. And some of the statistics in the exhibition are pretty shocking. I mean, I think we're having an indelible impact and that's clear and that's what the science shows. We've tried to have a balance in the exhibition of putting across those threats, but also trying to show the positive angles as well. So we're giving examples of innovations that people are working on to tackle these challenges. And we're also celebrating the beauty and the bounty of nature as well, and why it's important to preserve it. Did you know that 2021 marked the start of the United Nations decade of ecosystem restoration? It's not immediately obvious what that means, but it's all about changing the way farmers work, bringing back crop rotation, mixing crops with livestock grazing, and bringing an end to what's known as monoculture planting of soybeans or palm trees for oil. The aim is to replenish the soil mentioned a few moments ago. Then there's the work being done by an organisation called Oceana to restore the world's oceans, which for years have been polluted by plastic, oil, and a whole range of other dangerous substances. Both are featured in this exhibition. We in Portobello may live by the sea, but unlike three billion other people, we don't depend on marine and coastal biodiversity, both for our livelihood and our main source of food. And one message that comes across strongly from this exhibition is that we will all have to rethink the way we live our lives and make significant changes. There's been a lot of discussion in the media about us all having to travel less, to fly less. Is this something that we should be doing long term and learning from this? We've seen in the UK and in many places around the world a real bounce back in local wildlife and ecosystems from us having lesser impact on our green spaces. And I think There are lots of important lessons to be learned that have come out of the pandemic. One of them is that we need these places for our health and our well-being. We we really need to be able to access them regularly and and they're precious and we need to preserve them. 
we know that spending time in the outdoors and in green spaces and, and blue spaces as well near seas and oceans and rivers is really important to our physical health, but also our mental well-being. And I think that's something that a lot of us have really found has been emphasised by the restrictions that the COVID-19 pandemic have instilled upon all of us. This exhibition is, of course, part of the Edinburgh Science Festival, which this year is mainly but not entirely online. At least this year's event has been planned well in advance, unlike 2020, where the pandemic forced sudden and dramatic changes. So I asked Emily how the organisation had risen to the challenge. It's been an exceptional year for all of us across the world and for the Science Festival no less. But actually, in 2021, we are predominantly online, but we also have a number of in-person events happening across the city of Edinburgh. So Human Nature Exhibition is one. But we've also got some other exhibitions and installations around the city and some walks, tours and trails that you can do to get your science fixed this summer in a safe way. We've got about 160 digital experiences this year. We've got some great family workshops and shows as well for kids. So if you're looking for something to do on a rainy day, keep the kids occupied, then there's some great stuff in there. In terms of things for adults, we've got some great discussions and online workshops as well. So you can learn about everything from things that are affecting the climate crisis through to photography, biology. There's a big breadth of events Really, what we're known for is our in-person, interactive, hands-on, immersive experiences. And yeah, we've had to do things a bit differently this year and learn from our experience last year when we had to cancel the 2020 Edinburgh Science Festival at the last minute. And from that, we put a lot of what we had prepared online, but it had a very quick turnaround. We had to learn a lot of lessons over the past year since then to make this festival happen. But I think there's a lot in there. It's actually in many ways a similar scale in terms of numbers of events that we would normally do. It's just had to be presented in a different way. But that's also given us some opportunities. I think having things online means that you can access a lot of stuff on demand at a time that suits you. You don't have to work it around your work or your family commitments there's definitely some positives in there and probably some lessons that we can take away for the future. But we are always looking forward to the next year and getting back to what we do best, really, the core of what we do and being able to safely do things in a more interactive way. Could you actually learn from this experience? Because there may not be the airlines to bring people in in the future in the same way as they were able to do in years past. Yep, I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. And it's something that we're always looking at as an organisation, how to do things in a greener way, in a less impactful way in terms of the climate. So that's definitely core and integral to our planning process. Certainly, it's given us food for thought about how to um, plan for the future. And I think there will be lots of lessons to be taken on board. And it's going to be interesting as well to see how other festivals manage in Edinburgh through the summer. And as things begin to open up a little bit more, the different approaches that people will take. I think we've all been learning from each other in the events industry and the festivals industry in Edinburgh. 
we're all learning from each other a lot over this time. It's been a big learning curve for all of us. One focus for this exhibition has been looking forward to the climate conference, COP26, which takes place in Glasgow later this year. So is there a chance that, once the festival is over and the installation finally leaves Portobello, it might just move through to the West and be part of that event as well? It's certainly something that we're considering, actually. And we've been looking at different options for different things that we could take to COP26. And I think it'll just depend on a number of factors, whether we get the opportunity to do that. There is a lot of competition that, uh, for other things that are going to be shown in Glasgow around that time. And I think part of the reason that we wanted to put on Human Nature Now as part of the festival in the summer is to spread out that message a little bit. Because if you focus it all on November, then people can get a bit saturated with it at that one point in time. So we wanted to spread out the content a bit more at other times of year. But yeah, it's certainly something that we're considering. The Edinburgh Science Festival opens today and runs until the 11th of July.